And a healthy fear is a God-given fear. When Noah built the ark, he was moved by fear. Fear and faith can go together. If you have faith that God is going to destroy the world, you will be moved by fear to the saving of your soul. The warning that was given to Noah was a warning that moved him to build the ark. And the warnings that come to us when we walk close to temptation, when we might let down our guard, we are warned in many parts of the Bible. But that warning is not that we're going to lose our soul. listening to Let the Bible Speak. Thank you for joining with us here as we bring the message of the gospel from the pulpit of our church here at the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale. This is Ian Golliher and my thrill and joy to be on the air again to bring you the message of God's Word. In relation to our message today on perseverance of the saints, these this is the fifth doctrine in the series on TULIP. We've had total depravity, unconditional election, limited or particular atonement, irresistible grace, and the fifth one is perseverance of the saints. It starts with man's badness, and it ends with God's infinite mercy in saving and keeping his people unto the end. In 1 Peter chapter 1, we have uh, some tremendous gospel texts that relate to the keeping power of the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be. Oh, this is an item of praise in the heart of the apostle. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. Uh, that means it is a, a wonderful and a true hope by the resurrection of of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Now these are great words of hope for the Christian, and the hope is based on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It's a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If the Lord was still in the tomb, and if that stone was there, and the corpse of our Lord Jesus was still in the tomb, and his bones returned to dust, well, we couldn't preach this gospel. But because Jesus is risen, alive, triumphant over death, and all of his promises are yea and amen, that we can be absolutely certain that everything that he has promised to his people, he will fulfill and bring us through to that final inheritance. Now, it is referred to as incorruptible. It cannot fade nor feel. That fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. What a great thought that the Lord has a place reserved. No one else can take the Christian's seat. We are preserved, persevering, and kept until that day when we see Christ, 
which is far better. Let this hope fill your heart today. We're going to move now to our pulpit message on the perseverance of the saints. Now, there are a number of warning passages in the Bible where Christians are warned lest they fall. And that sort of puts the fear factor up a bit, because you mean to say that if I don't behave myself as a Christian, I might fall and maybe finally fall, and uh, we have to live on our tiptoes and be careful that if I disobey or lose out, that I may lose my salvation. Well, let's face it, real Christians, genuinely born-again, blood-washed Christians, fall. We do. And in some little degree, we fall all the time. Now, when we usually talk about somebody falling, we sort of mean they, they get into such a a mess of temptation and sin and disobedience that they lose their testimony as a Christian at all. How can somebody be a Christian and do that? It seems so contrary to a Christian actually being a disciple of the Lord Jesus and then saying or doing such a thing. And their name gets splashed in the newspaper, and their whole credibility as a Christian goes down the tube. And men look on, and they mock, and they laugh. And this person now is filled with shame. But does that mean that they are totally lost and will never be in heaven? Well, if you had read the newspapers in Jerusalem uh, about Peter's fall, you wouldn't have given much uh, hope for the guy that denied the Lord three times with oaths and blasphemy and cursing, the one who was a disciple for three years denying his own Lord just because he was challenged by a teenage girl? What kind of a man or disciple of Christ was he? Now, we know the inside story of Peter. The Lord warned him about his denial— And he said, the Lord said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you, to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. I've prayed for thee. The Lord did not abandon Peter. You could say that Peter abandoned the Lord, but the Lord did not abandon Peter. And one of the chief marks of the Spirit of God still working in Peter's heart was the conviction that came over him, the tears that welled up at his wicked—and I'm sure he was terribly disappointed with himself. As he looked back on that, how could I be so weak? How could I be so ready to yield in a temptation like that? Surely I was stronger than that. And that's what happens when we sin. How could I let myself do that? And we beat ourselves up. We're so disappointed. And then when we try to pray, the Spirit of God is witnessing against us. And we have to settle the matter. We have to get right and get relief from the sense of conviction. But here is Peter, and he has a public fall. 
but it does not mean he falls away. And so we have examples in the Bible, way many of them, uh, Old Testament and New, of those who do for a time profess faith in the Lord, and they fall. We also know that the Bible warns us that there will be hypocrites in the church. There will be those who profess faith with their lips, but it's not heart religion. Seed following, falling on various types of ground, and it's not all good. Some falls among the thorns and gets choked up by the world. And there are people who hear the gospel. They may make some statement of an interest or even that they have trusted in the Lord. They make that statement, but maybe next day, next week, next year, the power of the world overcomes them. And that lip profession was just empty, empty, empty. And we are warned there's going to be wheat amongst the tares. There's going to be chaff even in the purest church. And in the history of Christianity, there has been many, too many examples of those. And for that reason, the Apostle Peter exhorted that we are to make our calling and our election sure. That's Second Peter chapter 1. And if you do these things, ye shall never fall. I want to say a couple of things about that warning, that exhortation. We are to examine ourselves because if you want to be a Christian, you don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want to have just lip profession without heart change. And we are called to examine ourselves. And the Bible tells us, by their fruit ye shall know them. If you still love the world and sin, and if you love lies, and if you love money more than the Lord, then can you say you are born again? The person who is converted will love the things that they once hated, and they will hate the things they once loved. There will be this dramatic change. Now, for some people growing up in the church and they're converted as a child, it may not be so dramatic. But as God deals with their hearts, he gives them a love for the Savior, a love for the Word, a love for prayer. And where that does not happen in children, they will soon manifest it in their early years, that they're not in love with the Lord. And so we cannot say that they were ever saved or ever living for the Lord. But Peter's statement, examine yourselves, let a man examine himself, to see if you be in the faith. So you can know. This is not examine yourselves into doubt and fear and to confusion, but we are to examine ourselves to rejoice that we can know. And we're told here, uh, so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into everlasting life. I'm not sure if you're with me, so I'm going to get you to look at this. Second Peter 1, verse 10. Second Peter 1, verse 10. That's the passage that we're looking at here. And it is this call to examine ourselves to see if we be in the faith. Wherefore, the rather brethren, 
Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now, you'll notice the examination is not to make yourself unsure. It doesn't say unsure. It says sure. So you can be sure. You can know that you are saved. You can know that you are a child of God. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Now, that means if you bear the marks of true Christianity— of the new birth, well, you'll never lose your soul. You'll never lose your soul. But you could fall. You could fall. And that's the fear that we do live with. If I have any fear, it's not the fear of losing heaven. It's the fear of losing my testimony, of losing my walk, of losing my fellowship with the Lord Jesus. And that we must guard. And then verse 11, you'll notice now, we don't, don't take verse 10 in isolation. You'll notice that it ends in a colon. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, notice Peter was not a minister of doubt. He was not a minister of confusion, but he was exhorting that they so examine themselves that they will not lose their testimony. They will not lose their walk with God, but they will have this abundant and everlasting entrance into the kingdom of God himself. Now, I'm not going to walk through a number of warning passages in the Bible. You may probably find them in many, many quarters where there are warning passages uh, that a Christian may fall. Uh, there's even one in Hebrews where we talk about falling away. It is impossible to renew if they fall away. If it is impossible to lose your salvation, why are there warning passages in the Bible? Well, for no other reason than to keep us from falling. God has not only ordained the end, but he ordains the means to keep us persevering. And a healthy fear is a God-given fear. When Noah built the ark, he was moved by fear. Fear and faith can go together. If you have faith that God is going to destroy the world, you will be moved by fear to the saving of your soul. The warning that was given to Noah was a warning that moved him to build the ark. And the warnings that come to us when we walk close to temptation, when we might let down our guard, we are warned in many parts of the Bible. But that warning is not that we're going to lose our soul, but that warning is a marker to help us persevere. It's to keep us on our feet Keep us guarded, watching, waiting. And the very fact that God points these things out to us, he's our friend to persevere and to preserve us from that falling. And of course, the Lord says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, I'm quoting that because it's found in Hebrews 13:5, and it's in Hebrews that you have a number of those warning passages. And in Hebrews 13, 5, 
there is that emphatic statement, I will never, no, never leave thee. God takes responsibility to keep, to preserve. And remember how I put it? God does the preserving, and thereby we persevere, because it's his preserving, keeping power at work in us. Now, I'm going to close with this final little issue. There are some objections to this that people might say, well, if you tell people that once you're saved, you're always saved, you're really giving them a license to sin and live as they please. And it's more like saying to people, well, if you profess faith in Christ and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, then it doesn't matter how you live, you're still a Christian and you'll still be in heaven. Well, let me say the Bible doesn't teach that. That might be our natural thinking, but it's certainly not what the Bible teaches. And I would like you to look at Ephesians 1 and verse 4, and we'll see here how we are chosen, predestined to be holy, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And so we are predestined to holiness. Once you get that truth in your mind, God planned our salvation. God brought us to union with his Son as he brings the branch into union with the vine, that the life of Jesus would flow into our lives to make us holy, not to make us ungodly, not to live as we like. He's looking for good fruit. And by this shall men know that you're my disciples. And for this we were saved. By this, what does it say? John 15, verse 8. Um, it talks about the fruit will bring glory to God when you are living the life of the Christian. So never say that the doctrine of election, doctrine of predestination, the doctrine of final perseverance leads and gives a person a license to sin or live as they please. No, God's will, God's power is sin. Here's a good text, Romans 6, 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you. That's because we're under a new master. That's because we are saved by the power of God. Now, the true convert then will like holiness. And I'm putting that as simple as I can. The true convert, the person who's born of the Spirit, will like holiness. He will not enjoy sin. And the indwelling working of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember his name. Remember his office. Remember the ministry of the Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. And his work is to make us holy. And he will not leave us alone in the ways of sin. He will convict and, and, and strive with us to conform us into the very image of the Lord Jesus. I want to wrap up with Romans chapter 8. If you're familiar with Romans 8, chapter 28, verse 28 to the end, all applies 
to those whom God for, did foreknow, them he also called, and them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. And write down that whole chapter, who shall lay any charge to God's elect? Christ that died. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And Paul goes right down the list. Neither life, nor death, nor principality, nor power shall separate, nor any other thing. Oh, I love that coverall statement at the end of Romans 8. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Neither height, nor death, nor principality, nor power, nor any other thing. The thing that maybe Paul hadn't the presence of mind to write at that point. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's Lord. He can carry out what he has promised. He can fulfill what are his responsibilities to preserve and bring me one day to glory. Now, I ask you, does that save, sound like saved today and lost tomorrow? No. Once saved, always saved? That's the answer. And I want you to go skipping home today with that assurance in your heart. What a blessed, comforting doctrine the final perseverance of the saints is. I would hate to be on the other side of a table counseling someone, asking me, how can I be sure I'm saved if I didn't have this doctrine, if I didn't have this assurance from the Word of God? How could I tell that person? Well, you know, God's in charge. And you may feel weak, and you may be struggling, but the very fact that you are troubled, the very fact you want the victory, it shows you that God is keeping you. He is. He hasn't let you go to go on and enjoy sin. And the very burden that's upon your heart that you wanted to come and talk it out and find the way to get peace on this matter, that just shows you the Spirit of God is striving. He is working in your life. He is preserving you, and you're persevering because you want this settled. And I may open the Bible and show some of these verses and pray with that person. What am I really doing? I'm saying, Lord, help this weak child of God to have the assurance and get the victory. And we're asking the Lord to do it, and He's pleased to do it because He does take the responsibility. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. He ensures that he carries the lamb home to glory. That's the blessedness and the, the assurance that this brings to me.
Thank you so much for joining with us and staying tuned with us through the program as we have ministered on the perseverance of the saints. As I usually say, you can hear this message again, either by podcast or by going to our website. You will find it there archived by date. And of course, if you need a CD, you could always send for that. You'll get all the details at the end as we wrap up with our final announcements. Now, this matter of perseverance of the saints is really a pastoral matter. It is something that keeps coming up because many are harried by the devil, by temptations and trials. Some people lose sight of their confidence in the Lord and false doctrine, wrong teaching very often leads to the notion that you can be saved today, lost tomorrow, that you can have your sins forgiven, and then they're back on you again, and it becomes torment. It becomes very, very trying to the believer that is sensitive to the workings of the Spirit and seeking peace with God. We fall back on the Bible. We fall back on the truths of the gospel as revealed in the Scriptures. And the Bible clearly teaches, as we have learned today, that when God begins the work in the heart, a work of grace, a work of salvation, that he completes it, he performs it unto the end, and he will not fail. That is confirmed by many such passages, and there is this blessed assurance. Paul the Apostle says, I know in whom I have believed, Uh, This is the certainty, the assurance that thrills the heart, and it is a peace and assurance which God wants his people to enjoy. It's not boasting nor bragging. We give all glory to God for his mercy, for his salvation, his keeping power, and the promises that he will raise us up at the last day. So take heart. Go to the Lord and rest in his grace to you. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I truly thank you for joining with us on the program today. And we certainly need another Reformation in Canada. So keep listening. And each week at this time on this station, we'll be here to bring the message of the gospel. We need every listener not only to be built up in the gospel, but to stand with us and to go forth with the gospel. We can send you gospel leaflets, which you can distribute to your friends and family. You can be a missionary in your own community. Now, for all the information about our church ministry and our radio broadcast, go to ltbs.ca. You'll even there be able to download copies of these leaflets. You can print them out, copy them, distribute them, or if you'd like us to send you hard copies in the mail, just send me an email. This is Pastor Ian Golliher at ltbsradio at gmail.com. That's my email, ltbsradio at gmail.com, or call me at 604-897-2040. Zero. Our heart's desire is to get the gospel across this nation. Souls are perishing. The gospel of our Lord Jesus is still 
the power of God unto salvation. And I trust that you will stand with us, that you will support us, that you will be an encourager as week by week, Sundays and Monday to Friday in some areas, we let the Bible speak. Thank you for being a part of the program today. Join us again on this station at this time next week.